everyone. Welcome back to Made to Create. I've got today um, our guest, Justin Wilson. We were just talking about um, all his many titles of artist, writer, tattoo artist. Um, and so I'm excited to for, well to hear more of his story and for you all to hear a bit of his story as well. But um, before we really get into it, Justin, do you want to introduce yourself and tell all of my listeners a little bit about yourself, your background, a little bit about your interests and whatnot? Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, thank you very much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, so I'm Justin and yeah, I'm all of those things you listed, tattoo <laughs> artist, writer, painter, um, artist. Um, so let's see, I was in the Navy for 12 years and I, it, during my time in the Navy, I was um, a SWIC, which is a special warfare combatant craft crewman which is a branch of the uh, Naval Special Warfare. So you have the SEAL teams and the special boat teams, and uh, SWIC is the special boat teams. And then um, uh, I did part of my time here on the West Coast. And then in 2004, like while well, I was in from 98 until uh, December 2010. And then um, in uh, 2004, I was selected to the first group of SWIC to go to uh, Dev Group, which uh, formerly known as SEAL Team 6. And um, there was like uh, seven of us um, that were selected and made it through training. And um, so I got to really like have an amazing uh, military um, experience, got to do lots of different things and deploy all over. And then um, I got out and went to art school. (laughs) I completely (laughs) shifted gears and um, I went, you know, back home to California and um, I went to Otis College of Art and Design for Mm -hmm. undergrad. Um, I did a, um, a BFA in painting with a interdisciplinary concentration in digital media, um, with a focus on concept art and then a minor in creative writing. So with that, like my whole idea was I wanted to have the traditional brush on canvas, Mm -hmm. um, skill set. Um, I with, uh, digital media, I wanted to have, you know, those, the new digital based skills. And then with creative writing, um, one of the biggest things about art is uh context and and so in order to achieve that and kind of get something across to the viewer is you have to write about your work you have to Mm. you you have to sell yourself you have to write about it so that's where the creative writing minor came in then um, my senior year of art school the chair paul vangelisti of the mfa writing program um read some of my work and offered me a scholarship. It was like really cool. Like, you know, when like every now and again, you have those things where the universe kind of steps in yeah. and they're, and they're like, <laughs> it's like, Hey, check it out. This is what we want you to do. Yeah. And, and that was exactly that moment. Like, um, cause I'd never had anything really like that before where someone like grabs me, sits me down and is like, Hey, check it out. I think this is actually really good for you and mm. you should be doing this. And um, so, yeah, they offered me a scholarship and, um, you know, I had to still had to go through the steps and apply and everything like that. Right. But, uh, but yeah, so then I did the creative writing um, MFA program at Otis um, as well. And then, yeah, then I went on this crazy sailing adventure <laughs> and <laughs> because I'd been, I'd been stagnant, you know, that's six years straight of, of schooling because I didn't do any online classes or, or mm-hmm. anything like that. Um, because I mean, maybe, you know, as I'm getting older, um, and I, I, I really dislike it when people bring up the generational thing and stuff like that, right. you know, cause I'm 42 now and, um, and 
being that the end of the Gen X, the beginning of the millennial, you know, like that whole thing where, you know, it's like, I, I'm fortunate that I got to see everything kind of shift, right? You've got to right. see the paradigm shift from analog to digital, right? Mm-hmm. From, mm-hmm. you know, a very broad term. But um, I, I think that having studying with, with someone that you like, like and respect their work, um, maybe you don't like them as a person, right? But you respect their work and you can differentiate between the two, you know, uh-huh. um, is I think that's important. And that's because I'm sure that if we knew all of our professors, right, we would be <laughs> like, dude, why? I don't want to learn from this cat, right. you know? <laughs> but um, but when, if you respect their work and you study with someone like that, that uh, I think we can, we gain a lot from that. And that's one of the reasons why when going to Otis, I looked at their faculty list online um and saw like some of the people that they had there you know um another great one that was studying that was there's uh, a painter by name scott greger he's i think he's retired now mm-hmm. um and just like some of his like i i was drawn to to studying with him because he was very like tongue-in-cheek funny uh mm-hmm. like in the art world where he would like do these things where it's like well what if you know so like if I took a painting from, you know, like Picasso and, and Warhol and mix them together and come yeah. on, you know what I mean? And like he he would do these really funny things like that. And then with Paul Evangelisti with the writing program, Paul was like the last of like the beatnik poets and was is he's still alive. So like, but he's of that generation where the MFA program he created at Otis was an anti-MFA MFA program, okay. you know, where where there was really based in like in kind of the um like the the more the po- poetry side even though i'm mm-hmm. a fiction writer um it was it's a, more of a poetry program or was but now it's uh like they had a heavy influence in translation and like one of the the, the first classes you take is the theory of translation and like that class was just absolutely like mind blown um and because you, when you look at it, you're like, oh, like translation matters. It like becomes right. a completely different work of of art, or you know, com- different work when you take a, a a book and translate it to a different language, because mm-hmm. each language has its own, um, you know, like like different ways of expressing. Like there's certain words like in French, right, that just right. don't exist in English. Yeah. You know, and there's no way to translate the same thing with like uh, Portuguese, like Brazilian Portuguese. They have this like, um, I think it's like saudade or something like that, like where it's like, I miss you so much that like it doesn't <laughs> yeah. it doesn't exist. Right. Like other than right. that, like it's just like, ah, like it's it's more than I miss you. And it just it's like there's a you know, there's an emptiness. It hurts. Like I miss you so much, right. you know, and you're just like, whoa, how do I put that in English? Be like. See you later. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like, yeah, wish you were here, bro. It sounds like a very kind of well thought out plan. Like even, you know, understanding the idea, which I'm just starting to learn now or realize now that we said about like writing and, and the connectivity from, you know, writing and having to kind of put yourself out there and kind of put into writing, even what you are trying to convey with a brush and canvas um, even that understanding, it, it sounds like you kind of had that from the get go. So, um, what, what, what yeah. talk a little bit about what, I mean, was that just kind of something you realized like through time or is that? Yeah, absolutely. You know? So, yeah. So, um, that you just got like the book ended version, right. Of, mm-hmm. of like, like the, the equivalent of me flipping a coin. 
Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. That's, and that's what that is. That was, so now once like when, okay. Yeah. It was, I knew I needed something different. And like when, so I started tattooing while I was still in the Navy. Mm -hmm. um, I was actually here in San Diego and um, one of my teammates, his name is Brian McCauley. Brian owned a tattoo shop in Imperial Beach called Traditions Tattoo. Um, and Traditions, uh, like I would be done training and, and you know, Brian, when I like, I would see him around the team, you know, mm -hmm. and like, he's like this, you know, big muscular tattooed guy. Right. And just like from the East coast and kind of no nonsense. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm like, you know, from Palm desert, California, where it's like super laid back and there's just <laughs> like, you know, and I was, I would like, I, I was one of the youngest guys to go through training. Um, I, you know, I, I finished, I joined when I was 17 I finished training when I was 18. Mm -hmm. Um, and so there I am, you know, at a special warfare team you know, 18, 19 years old. And I'm still a kid, you know, just kind of like looking up to all these guys who are like, in right. my mind, where I'm like, these are like Jedi masters. You know, <laughs> they've been like, you know, they've been like deploying, you know, since like, you know, the eighties and nineties, you know, and mm -hmm. just, you know, just like, whoa, that guy was in Panama, you know, and like shit like yeah. that. Right. So, um, uh, you know, and then it was just one of those things where like, you know, like, Remember, he was one of the instructors when we were shooting from the boats to land and stuff. And I was just like, man, like I get the 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 way this guy instructs stuff is actually really cool. And I just, you know, like I, I I dig the way he does stuff. So I think when we're young and impressionable, we kind of like find those people that mm -hmm. are like unofficial mentors or whatever, right? And we're like, okay, this person's successful, and and they're doing the same job that I'm doing. So I'm gonna kind of like pick up, take notes from yeah. from what they're doing, you know. And that's what I did with him. And so uh, we'd go down to his tattoo shop and hang out. And just like one thing led to another, um, you know, first it was like, uh, you know, like I always, I've always drawn, like always, like even mm -hmm. in high school, everything like that, just little doodles and stuff. And then he um, was like, okay, yeah, like, you know, hey, man, do me a favor, like sweep up over there you know and then they had no problem and then uh hey man would you mind like taking out the trash or you know doing this and next thing mm -hmm. i know like i'm finding i'm doing a whole work day and then i'm going you know going on a yeah. tattoo shop on my way home and just kind of doing an, uh, an apprenticeship you know and uh and then by the time i like it did that for about like i don't know a few months like six eight months i'd say and then um i got uh the opportunity to screen for dev group and um and I, you know, I, I did it. Like I, the minute I was told like, Hey, you could, you know, you can try out for this. And I was just like, Oh, absolutely. Like I jumped at it. And then, um, the tattooing thing kind of went on hold. Um, and, uh, for like probably at the professional level. Right. Uh -huh. Right. But at the, like, you know, so I would do that and like all through like the first group of training you do there is called green team. And that's where you, you learn the tier one way of doing things. You learn like dev groups way that have mm -hmm. how they want to operate. And because there it's not, it's not just the best guy for the job. It's the right guy for the job. Yeah. So you have to click on a personal level as well as a professional level and, and everything. And so it's a, you know, pretty stressful um, and that's a severe understatement. <laughs> it's, a, it's, an, it's an extremely stressful selection course where they're not just judging your abilities, right? They're also judging you as a person. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it, you know, so, uh, and again, I was very fortunate and I made it through that. 
And um, but even while I'm doing that selection course, I took my tattoo stuff with everywhere I went. And so like, yeah. you know, for all of our, our like, you know, you have um, techs like mechanics and stuff like that, that work on, on all your, all your gear. Right. And I tattooed every single one of them, you know, I'd be <laughs> like, Hey dude, like, and they're like, well, what do I owe you? And I'm like, dude, just, you know, grab like a bottle at the time I was going through like the, um, a rum phase, you know, so uh -huh. I was drinking like, like Sailor Jerry <laughs> rum and like Sprite was like my thing. For Sailor a while. Jerry is a little on the nose for a, yeah, a Navy, I know. isn't it? <laughs> exactly. And I think I was really like living it up, you know yeah. what I mean? Like I was a little too on the nose. Yeah. And, um, but I would be like, yeah, that, and then I went through like a vodka phase. And so I'd be like, mm -hmm. yeah, cool. You come over and, and, you know, just bring a handle of vodka and, and we'll, we'll sit and tattoo you know yeah. and um and then uh but all my stuff was just horrible <laughs> <laughs> it, it might have been the vodka i don't know <laughs> it, it might it might have been it might um but but you know by the time the tattoo's done and the and the bottle's done both of us are like oh my god dude this is the greatest thing ever <laughs> and and so so you know th that's uh you know the experience is it leads to that leads to that yeah. right like where it's like it was a great experience so you know even though artistically it's not the best design but it's <laughs> you know we had a great time doing it and then um uh you know, yeah, I took myself on deployment. I've tattooed it. I tattooed in Iraq. I tattooed in North Africa. Um, yeah, like everywhere I went, I just brought my tattoo stuff. It was always a thing that was there. And then, um, but when I, you know, at that time, there were still tattoo magazines, like in print. Mm -hmm. And and you would read the, them and there would always be this little thread that kind of I noticed from each one of the artists is there was a the ones where you looked at their work and it was just like, it was a dynamic and it, and it flowed really well on the body and just like was just aesthetically beautiful. Mm -hmm. They had art education. They had a formal art education. Mm -hmm. Then on the other side of the coin, you had the, like the traditional artists, right. Where it was just like, nah, man, they like their stuff was timeless. It looked like a, a tattoo that looks like a tattoo. And that's all that they did. And and those artists, like a lot of them did not have a formal art education. Instead, they had a, like an informal education of mm -hmm. tradition, right? That's passed on, like an oral tradition, if you will. And um, and I really, I liked, I liked both of those. And I was like, well, you know, like maybe I can do kind of both, right? And gotcha. I would say, and that's where the whole traditional brush on canvas thing did that. And so I was like, all right. And I started tattooing. Uh, so I got out, went to, um, I got into a little bit of trouble. I always try to like blow over on that because I'm mm -hmm. not, it's not a moment I'm too proud of, but um, I ended up getting into trouble and going to um, prison for 18 months, um, uh, federal prison. <laughs> and um, it wasn't anything like super gnarly. It was just, a, yeah. it was really stupid. And I, while I was there, I was um, uh, like, all I did was work out, um, draw and paint and read, mm -hmm. you know, and which is like, just, you know, it's just, that's all you really can do there to kind of pass the right. time and everything like that. And because it was a federal prison and it was on the East coast, um, and it was, uh, like a lower level security, mm -hmm. right? Like, so you had like a lot of guys that were there for like white collar crimes and stuff like that. Yeah. And one of the guys was, um, uh, I'm not going to name his name or anything like that, but he is, he was a curator at a major museum in mm. New York city. Right. And so, and while, and he had gotten in trouble for, uh, 
like selling Egyptian artifacts on the black market. Wow. <laughs> right. That's a which story. Is, right. Which is a story all in itself. It's like, yeah. Super, yeah, I was just like, Oh my God, like no way. But then when you, like he explains it, it turns out that, uh, you know, what we think are like, you know, like, you know, it, it, like each person had that, that was mummified or whatever. They, mm-hmm. they have uh, their each organ in a separate jar. Uh-huh. Right. And so you take, however many organs I can't remember off the top of my head. Right. But I think they take out like six or something like that or, or seven per body, right. Per person. So you time multiply that. So you're going to end up with a lot of jars. Yeah. Like there's, yeah, there's a lot. And this is how he's just like, yeah. So for each person, you know, there's like seven. So it's like, you know, every time they excavate, excavate one of these, you know, these, these mummies, there's a bunch of fucking body parts or not by organs, you know, and they make, they look good on the shelf. <laughs> oh gosh! <laughs> I'm like, all right, dude, that's cool. Oh so, wow! Oh, that's too funny. So, um, but uh, I, you know, because he had a PhD in mm-hmm. art or art history, rather, like, but you know, the guy knows what he's looking at, right? And so I would, you know, show him my drawings and show him, you know, like paintings and stuff like that, and and he was he was the one that was like, all right, well, you know, what do you? what do you want to do when you get out? Because you have to have a plan. You have to, mm-hmm. you got to do something, you know? And I was like, well, I want to tattoo, like tattoo and sit. And he was like, all right, well, if you're going to tattoo, like, let's look at the best tattooers. Like, what do they do? And I'm yeah. like, oh my God. Yeah, you're right. And that was that first little bit of like, um, you know, critical thinking, like artistically, you know, right. like kind of came in. And, um, and so I knew I was going back to California and so I started looking at California, like art schools in LA in particular. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then, yeah, that's how I found Otis. Cause um, another thing that I liked too was Otis was founded by general Otis. Um, it's the oldest art school in Los Angeles. It was uh, found in uh, 19, I think it was 1919 or 1918. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 1918. Cause it's a hundred years old now. Okay. And so, and I was like, and it was founded by a general, like, this is great. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like he donated his, his land, um, to the, uh, to the school and then, or his house rather. And then, it, then it branched off. It came, you know, Otis has its own history. I won't get into that, but, uh, um, I looked up those, the instructors and then mm-hmm. that's where that came from. Yeah. Wow. And, and that, that's so interesting. Cause I, one of the things I love, and one of the reasons I started this podcast is cause I love hearing these stories of um, it's not, it's not ever just one singular event that got someone to be doing whatever creative endeavor it is like, um, you know, call it divine intervention, call it whatever you want, you know, the universe um, kind of directing and, and leading, but even, I mean, even your time in, in, in prison right there was this, it, it's like that, that creative world, like would still would not let you go. And there's always like this through thread of these different experiences. And, you know, a lot of times, like we don't, we don't notice it at the time. I'm sure mm-hmm. um, having, you know, this, this time of, of having to be incarcerated, it probably didn't feel like, oh, the universe is really working on my side here. But I, I love those parts of the stories being able to come out. Um because even in those tough moments that, you know, I think we can realize then like, oh, that was really hard. And I, you know, maybe would not like to go through that again, but it wasn't wasted also. Mm-hmm. Um, and I th- I just think that's really cool. And I, I appreciate you sharing that too. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah it was, it was really hard. I definitely don't want to do that again, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but not having it be wasted, wasted time was, was really important to me. 
Mm-hmm. Um, because it's, you know, you take someone, you know, you take me, right? Like you take me and I, you know, grew up in Naval Special Warfare where each thing is you're very goal oriented. Um, you're surrounded by people that are always like, you know, they're, they're very much like go getters, you know what I mean? Like they're, and you're, but more importantly, you're constantly training a different area, right? Like, so Mm -hmm. this week, right, we're going to, we're skydiving this week. And then next week we're taking the boats out and we're, and we're, you know, doing that. And then the next week after that, we're going shooting and then we're going to go do some land navigation. And then you're going to go do this. You have all these like little skills that you have to work on each time. And so what that does is, is, um, you know, like you're, you're constantly honing all these different little skills, but you're always doing something different. So you take that uh, like me. Right. And then you put me in prison, right. For, for that amount of time, I was losing my mind. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was absolutely losing my mind because it's like, you know, it's a very mean and adult form of timeout and you're forced to sit there with yourself and, and just kind of like, all right. And, I'm, and yeah, I just, I did, I refuse to let that be wasted time. Yeah. And um, so I, you know, just looked at the, everybody around me and you can tell, you can tell, I think um, if you just take a moment and you look around and you can, you can tell the people that made a bad mistake, right. And, mm-hmm. and not going to let it define them. And then you can also tell the people that really don't care. You know, they're just like, no, man, like, yeah, so what? I did this, whatever. And, and, you know, they're, then the people that are like that are not people that I would associate with. And, and, you know, they would, that's not the person I ever want to be around or were around. Right. Mm -hmm. Instead, I like, you know, I was like, all right, well, who here, you know, like, just like, who who can I learn from? Because I think we can always learn from people. Yeah. And, And, um, so yeah, so I ended up going to Otis and and yeah, getting out and doing that. And um, but yeah, that's where the it all came from. I was like, okay, because you know, and oh yeah, another good one. Um with that, I I uh did my application and my essay to like f- I chose four different schools and I applied to all of them from prison. Mm, <laughs> and yeah. I got the I got the acceptance letters sent to the prison. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's motivation for sure. <laughs> Yeah. Well, was like part of it to you that was if the school would send back, I was like, all right, if they're going to send me back uh, an acceptance letter to the to the federal correctional institution that I was Mm -hmm. (laughs) right, then I know that they really, really wanted me there. And so. (laughs) So, yeah, they did. That's awesome. Well, and I know this is a great segue into one of the questions that I had, too, about. um, Right. Like how how our identity is is so interconnected with our 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 in our creative forms um and i think even thinking about um yeah i don't know if i mentioned this already for for the purpose of the podcast but you know you did my tattoo right mm-hmm. and so and my tattoo um was it, it was a, a cluster of of flowers and it was um, each of my family members and mine are, are birth flowers, right? And so, I mean, thinking about that identity piece, like I have a very strong connection to nature and my family is really at the center of what is most important to me. And so even in how I view myself and my own identity, um, 
and the things that are important to me, my values, but also my identity as as an artist as well, right? All those things kind of coming in combination to this, this piece that you did for me. Um, and so I think as individuals, um, the things that we put on our own bodies, you know, tell a little bit about our own identities. And so I'm curious, but, but also as, as an artist myself, what I create, whether I'm painting or I'm drawing is also a reflection of, of my identity as well. So I'm wondering if you can speak a little Mm -hmm. bit to as a tattoo artist, how do you see um, your identity and your past experiences kind of influencing how, you know, what comes out in your own art, whether it's, you know, when you're writing or you're painting or you're tattooing? Yeah, that's such a great question Um, because they're on, on, on many different levels. (laughs) I think Art and identity, like they, they're they, like you said, they they go hand in hand. Like we mm-hmm. can't, you cannot separate the two because um, part of part of our identity is um, our experiences and our education and the environment that we are, are is that surround us, right? So when and when I say education, I just don't mean like the formal education. Mm-hmm. I also mean like you know our streetwise education and like you know the things that we learn just at being a human alive on earth, right? Yeah. That, that education as well, all that affects the filter that, that we have in our brain. Right. And so whenever we, you know, we take all this stuff in, right. Like you read books, you watch movies, you know, you play video games, we go for a walk um, through the park or you go to the beach and you sit down, right. We, we're just mm-hmm. taking these things in and all of it adds to our lens or our filter. And then, and then you have your, your mental state, right. Mm-hmm. Is another thing. And, and so, uh, with all that combined, right. I, I've always been drawn towards, um, the ocean and like nautical themes. And then, um, and that leads to adventure, right. Just because, because just the, the act of sailing or going on the ocean or doing anything like that in itself is adventurous. Mm-hmm. And then that adventure is usually take you someplace or take place somewhere other than home. Right. Right. And, and when you go to other places, you learn about like different cultures and you learn like their stories and their mythologies. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so I, like I'm drawn to nautical things. I'm drawn to mythology. Like I just absolutely love folklores and mythology mm-hmm. and things, you know, that like the unexplainable. Right. right. Um, and so having all of that, um, my art is like, so I, I like to paint a lot of things um, and draw a lot of things that are geared towards, towards those. Now as a tattoo artist, um, all of that, is it helps me like all the traveling everything i've learned all the stuff i read um helps me to interpret uh, like my clients ideas right because mm-hmm. because it's like number one tattooing is magic right it's yeah. like absolute magic there's my favorite thing about tattooing is seeing the smile on somebody's face after the tattoo is done right mm-hmm. And like, and they're super stoked and they're leaving the shop better than when they came in because, you know, you've, we feel a little bit of ownership with the tattoo. Right. And we've customized ourselves, right. Like it's, you know, with a video game or whatever, right. We've changed our avatar a little bit, you know, (laughs) and, um, 
And, uh, and no matter what, no matter what happens, you could be dropped off and naked in the middle of the, you know, desert or whatever, you're still going to have your tattoos on you, right? Yeah. No one can ever take it away from you because it's yours, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, so, so yeah, like that's, it's, um, it's a, an honor and a pleasure, right. To, to do this, this, this craft and have this trade. And I think that like helping people um achieve that sense of like you know they express themselves like self-expression and help them achieve their identity in a visual way mm-hmm. like outward right they're feeling something inward and and i'm helping to achieve them outward right, right? yeah i think it's 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 yeah that's awesome i hope i answered that question yeah. I, don't know, I don't know if i did actually i think i just went on a rant about how much i love tattooing yeah. but but i do still, so. still relevant to the conversation but no i, I think that um even you know, hearing about, like you were saying, you know, the things that you're drawn to. Um, I think there's both a combination of our experiences that influence what we're drawn to, but I also think that there's something that comes even before that. And so, um, you know, you're talking about like those nautical themes and like, you know, you can see the through line between that and that experience in the Navy. Um, but I, you know, I would even say that there was probably something and again, I don't know what like force that is that, you know, was responsible for that influence from the get-go too. I mean, like there's, you know, things like, why is it that I have such a strong connectivity to, to nature and to, you know, Mm -hmm. things like that. Um, I think part of it is my, my experiences, but I also think there's something kind of innate and just who I am as a created being that, you know, kind of brings that out as well. So it is kind of an interesting thing to ponder. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. Mm -hmm. It's um, like, there's, I think that as humans, right, we have, there's different classes of humans and, and, and I don't mean a socioeconomic class. Mm-hmm. I just mean like people that are drawn to certain skills and activities. Right. Like if we go back like, you know, even like a prehistoric caveman type of thing, right. Where there's like, we had our hunters, right. Mm-hmm. We had our pottery makers, we had, you know, our craftsmen and, 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 you know, like the people that like to sit and make the beads to, mm-hmm. to do the things, you know, like there's just people that are drawn to certain things like that. and. um yeah and and actually that's one of the things that it's a good which leads me to a plug if i may um which is that uh so like you and i had talked about um you know the, my idea for a podcast that mm-hmm. uh, that i'm going to be starting up and that's this um the called the warrior class creatives and with the, the idea being um the that that kind of not paradox but just that that dichotomy of the you know the warrior being one that destroys right then like his war destroys Mm -hmm. and then the creative being the you know the one that creates and in myself and i know a few others that are like we're both right like it's like yes i like i am a warrior Mm -hmm. and there's also different warriors of different kinds like we have you don't have to physically fight to be a warrior you can be a warrior on many different levels um but there in a, to be a warrior though you do have to confront something right mm-hmm. so there is that that aspect like and then but i'm also just i create like i'm i'm an artist and i like to make things and um and yeah and so there's that that is one of the things where it's like you know like it I would like to talk about that. And then also I like to, but I also like to fight. So, you know, like it's, <laughs> it's I think, you know, where, where you have that, you know, that's where like martial arts comes in or boxing or things like that, right. you know, and then, but still 
you know, but also it's like, okay, well, hey, if you want to get, you know, achieve this, this type of a light source and get these cast shadows that, you know, mm-hmm. that do this or do that, you know, it's people are like, wait, what you, you just went from talking about like fighting and choking people to now you want to talk about like dynamic lighting on, on a yeah. source, you know, just like, wait, what, what is this? Right. So, yeah, but. Yeah. And I think that was one of the things that really intrigued me about your story. Now, I, I don't even know how we, you know, had initially kind of gotten on that. Um, but it was anything that where, where there's this seemingly, um, you know, this, this dichotomy, like you said, always really intrigues me because I think a lot of times we, we think in very binary terms, just, um, as human beings, it's, um, you know, very, a very normal thing for us to do. And oftentimes more, more than, than not, there's something in between that though. Um, and that's where I, I kind of see this, this existence of like what you're talking about, right. Being someone who, yeah, you know, is in, in one sense kind of taught to, right. Destroy more, more or less. Right. Or or that's the perception, but then also creating life, creating, you know, giving life to things through art. Um, and I could see how maybe, right. There, there could be this perception on the outside like, well, those two things can't kind of coexist. Um, and you're kind of saying like, well, I'm living proof though that it can. Right. And so, Mm -hmm. um, I imagine that that desire to kind of tell that story comes partly from your own experience of saying like, no, like I, I am the type of person that I, I can, I'm coexisting as in these two worlds as one whole person though. Um, and I, I would imagine that you've probably kind of come across other people too. And we were talking about being able to bring out the stories of other people that kind of live in those two worlds, but as one whole person as, as well, is that something that you kind of came across in the Navy often, or what talk a little bit about that? Our identity is so closely drawn or tied rather, sorry. Our identity is closely tied to our work. Right. Mm-hmm. What we do for a living. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, you know, that person's like a, a butcher. Right. Yeah. And so you, you just now mentally, right. We've all pigeonholed, right. Mm, that person, yeah. right. We're just like, cool. We know that person's a butcher. So we have this mental picture of them. Right. And then that's their identity. And, but really, you know, that person could you know, be an artist, right. Like right. they look at it in this way of like, no, like I am more than just this thing, you know, this job that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And and that happens in the military, right? It's like we chose, we, you know, in the American military, we volunteered, right? Mm-hmm. We volunteered to do this job because um, it's something that we believed in um, or believe in. And then we, but it's not, it, it is my identity, but it's not the only thing about right. me. Right. It's just this little facet. There's also these other things. And yeah, like I came across like there were other guys, even um, at dev group, like there was this other guy, like he was an amazing painter and mm. he was painting stuff that, like from um scenes, like basically like, you know, missions that they would go on. Right. Like yeah. he was in a, he was in a different squadron. So I didn't work with him that, that closely, but like he would show me because he knew that I liked to paint and draw, you know, and then, you know, and so that's what brought that up. Cause I, he saw me, um, we went through green team together and I had my little sketchbook out on one of the trips and he was like, Oh, like I draw too. Like, and then, you know, he breaks out his book, you know, he's like, Oh yeah, mm-hmm. take a look. And then, you know, we start talking and you're just like, Oh, cool. You know? And then he's like, yeah, there's this other guy, so-and-so and he, you know, he tattoos as well. And I'm like, Oh shit, really? Like, okay, cool. And you know, and then you start to end up 
like you end up creating a little network of like-minded people within, right. you know, it's like a, a subculture within a subculture. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and like, and yeah. you just, yeah. And, and that's, um, and when I think when we, you know, yeah, it's, it's uh, when we look past that initial thing, like, oh, okay, cool. This person's in the military. Right. And they're just, oh, they're, you know, a knuckle dragger. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause, cause that's another thing too, is, is there's, it doesn't happen often anymore. It's gotten a little bit better, but when you know, for a little bit there, it was, um, oh, you're, you couldn't get into college. You're too, you're, you know, too, I don't want to say too stupid because nobody actually right. said that to me, at least to my face, but they're just like, <laughs> they're like, oh yeah, you didn't, you didn't get into college. So that's why you went. And, you know, it's like, no, I got into one but I didn't want to go to that one, (laughs) you know, but you know, it's, it's like, but I know other guys, like a lot of the guys, especially in the special warfare community, they actually have their degree, but they did, they're not officers, you know? Mm -hmm. And you wouldn't know that. Like one of the guys, like this dude's a badass, like a total badass. And he has a music degree. And you're just like, wait, what? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, this guy, like, he ended up, I, I, he was in Gray Squadron with me and then ended up becoming a helicopter pilot. And, um, but yeah, this dude, he was, you know, like, had, had a music degree, could play the piano, you know, like a professional pianist, you know, just like yeah. everywhere we'd go, he'd like sit down and just start, start just playing songs and everybody singing along, you know, you're just like, dude, this is crazy. Like, you're able to do this. But then, yeah, just, I just saw you, you know, like, yeah, you know, blow stuff up, jump out of an airplane, do whatever, you know, and you're like, but now here you are, like, playing Billy Joel songs. Like, right. this, is, <laughs> this is blowing my mind. And, and there's, there's, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that, actually, mm-hmm. you know, in the military. And then, um, and then being a part of other like getting out of the military and being an artist like going to art school and and being exposed to other other subcultures right and and traveling around and you see like oh okay yeah this person's like you know like uh you know social justice warrior their thing is really mm-hmm. about you know um like one guy i know is really and it's, it's admirable admirable i mean the guy is just awesome and does stuff with uh, um uh for native american rights Mm-hmm. And, and he's, a, he's a painter as well and just makes like these beautiful things and, you know, but he shows and like, he's, he's got a good art yeah. career, you know, but like the fact that there's, you know, you've got this thing where like, yeah, like he fights for what he believes in, you know, and, and for what is right, but then also like he creates. And so yeah. I think it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing when that you're able to do both. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think as, I mean, I'll speak for myself. If there's anything that I, I want in return from the world is, is for all of me to be seen. Right. And so, right. and there, there are these different facets of, of my personality and, and who I am. And just like, I wouldn't want to be seen as, you know, just what I do professionally or, or just as, as a mother, um, I am, I'm all of those things. I'm also a creative person, I, you know, and so there's all these different parts of me and, I think it really is a disservice to the gifts that that individual has to just see them as that one thing. And it, and it's a disservice to ourselves to kind of remain or or see ourselves as that one thing only because um, then, you know, it's, you know, imagine if like you only saw yourself as that, um, that, that military person, right. And, and didn't let kind of that curiosity about, 
creativity and about art and about drawing and painting and tattooing kind of, um, you know, you didn't lean into that. How think about how differently things might have ended up in, in all of the things that the gifts that you've given people, even through your tattooing that would never have come to fruition. Um, had you allowed yourself to be seen or, or, um, identified as just one facet of who you are. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's, that, that's one thing with, with, that, with creativity, right. With, with pursuing that, that we, I think we don't really realize and like at all, like, I mean, or maybe some people do, but it's the, mm-hmm. the kind of ripple effect that right. our actions have. And now, you know, like, like some, you know, some works of art have bigger ripples than others, obviously. Right. Mm-hmm. But they, it's still, it still has an effect on other people. And, um, and I'm definitely, yeah, like, I'm glad that I, I chose this path um, or chose to lean into it, you know, because, I think to to live that kind of one dimensional life is would have been yeah heartbreaking. Yeah. <laughs> I think I would have like yeah I don't I don't I, yeah it's actually hard to imagine. You see individuals who have um, kind of given themselves to just being one part of this identity again, like if you know as as just a, a parent or a mother, and then well, what happens when? you know, that season of your life kind of not, not that you ever like stop being a parent necessarily, but you know, when my kids are like grown and out of the house, you know, you see that all the time. Right. And then, you know, moms, dads having to kind of figure out, well, who am am I aside from this role that I once played? Right. And so even as things shift, we see that happen a lot where somebody who's given themselves over to that one part of their identity, having to go like, shit like who 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 am i now if i don't have that thing or you, know, you see that with athletes who mm-hmm. get some sort of injury and now they can't they can't play but they've only ever seen themselves as this one part of their personality and then there's all this wasted time that could have been dedicated to exploring all these different parts that are able and allowed to exist simultaneously mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah. and it's yeah it's so it's 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 sad um to when people don't see that they have opportunities outside of that one identity mm-hmm. thing um you know one of the things that that is always kind of brought up and stuff like that is like veteran suicide mm-hmm. and you know everybody's different so i'm not going to try and say like oh it's because of this this and this but i'm i'm pretty sure that it would be safe to say that a lot of people, um, you know, in that situation where they're like, ah, like I, I don't feel the need to go on mm-hmm. or anything like that from the, from the military perspective is because our identity was so closely tied to yeah. that job. Right. It was so closely tied to the, that thing that we were doing and now we no longer are in war or we're no longer a part of that team or that group. And we we don't see the value in ourselves anymore, or we don't see the value of what we can offer, mm-hmm. or we just like, okay, well, I'm all used up, like my thing is done. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, um, they don't, they don't see another option. And, and, you know, that may be, you know, like you said, for athletes, for, for other people, you know, like actors, um, mm-hmm. or other yeah. things where like, they're not, they're not doing something because they don't, you know, I think when, you know, people don't see 
like you said, the value in themselves or the value of like the uh, what they can do simultaneously besides doing that, right? Like, so it's like, okay, yes, this is my job. And yes, like, and there's something, absolutely, you devote yourself to your job. Like, mm-hmm. especially if it's something that you have love or you have a passion for, right? Like that, that wasn't, you know, like that's, I'm not saying do, you know, half-ass everything, right? Yeah. Still, still, still whole ass this yeah. thing, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's also, it's okay to have other things that you, that you do, you know? And, 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 and then when the one, when the one aspect or the one main thing that you were doing no longer um, is filling that big of a role, right? You still have all this, this to, to give that, you know, let's say it's like, you've got a, uh, you know, a gallon jug, right. Mm-hmm. You, and, you know, and this is, this it's starting to, you know, the, there's a hole up at the top now. So instead of it, just letting it waste out, right. Pour it into another smaller cup, you know, and now you still got the same volume. It's still you, it's right. still all of you. Right. But now you got to pour a little bit into something else. Yeah. And, and that's totally okay because it's still all you, you're just in a different container, yeah. you know? And, and that, that was something that it took me a little bit to, to learn um because yeah i mean my identity was so closely tied to the military and and when i got out of the military i really was i was like oh my god what am i doing Mm -hmm. and then to have the whole prison aspect thing you know then you're really really lost at that point because now the military so that identity has gone because i'm not in the military and now this new identity is being forced on me Right. Mm-hmm. The one that I didn't want. I don't want that identity. Right. That's not me, you know? And and you know, instead of in, instead of just giving up or giving in or anything like that, I was like, no, like I have this other thing. Like I yeah. have this this tattooing that I love, you know, and I, I followed that. And that led to these other things, you know, I think because I kept my eyes open, um and 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 saw that that as oh no I still have something I yeah. still have something you know and I I think that there's other other people in the world um, you know like maybe in that same situation or they have experienced something similar and they're still just trying to do their you know find something but it's like yeah man it's out there right. like you can you can do many things and and like you know. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, being a parent, being a mother, like that doesn't stop. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm 42, still call mine, you know? Like, mom, I need help. <laughs> so funny. But um, yeah. I, I yeah, so it's and I and especially in this day and age where we've got we have literally like supercomputers in our mm-hmm. pocket. Right now, granted, we we have to learn information literacy. Right, and know, exactly. Like, <laughs> right, that is definitely a skill that we all have to develop. Uh, not everything that's in that supercomputer is true. Right. Yes, <laughs> so, let's, let's learn about um, fake news and <laughs> trusted sources. Yeah, exactly. Totally, but when, if you if you dig just a little bit. Like seriously, 30 seconds, mm-hmm. 30 seconds, guys, hold on 30 seconds. It's something me and my girlfriend mm-hmm. like joke about all the time, which like, oh, wait, hold on 30 seconds. I'll find it. <laughs> and you can, you can just that, that quick scratch of the surface. You can probably find a group of people um, of, of like-mindedness, mm-hmm. right? Where, where you can go like, oh, okay, cool. Or maybe, maybe finding a group of people isn't your thing, but a lot of times it's not for me, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I definitely pursue 
solo activities. Like I like being by myself. And, um, and, and so with that, it's like, maybe it's like, I want to learn about a skill. Right. Well, those skills are there, you know, mm-hmm. like techniques are there. And, um, which leads me to another thing I want to talk about that, that I think as artists and, and something that is huge. And I just learned the word for it and I want to spread the gospel. And that's um, perfection paralysis. Uh, Have you experienced this? Yeah. Have Yeah. It's like, I finally, I heard the term and it was like, oh, I'm glad somebody named it. Yeah. Right. Because now that it has a name, we can confront it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> right? Absolutely. It's like, it's like, okay, all right. You're not so big and scary anymore because now I know. I know like, who you are. <laughs> I know who you are. I know where you live. Like, it's like, like perfection paralysis. It, like, I just didn't have a word for it. But there was these things where, like, I had so many. I still do. I've got so many ideas swimming around in my head. And, like, you know, I'm just like, okay, like, all right. And, you know, having, like, I, I do a lot of, like, compositions digitally at first, right? And so, like, I'll, I'll use my iPad and I'll, I'll, I'll you know, collage images mm-hmm. together. I'll, you know, find different things um and and just play around with like just the composition and um and then it won't go any further than that right, right. because i get i get paralyzed i'm just like fuck oh, sorry yeah. like, i get because <laughs> i'm like i'm like i'm like oh man like and and you know and then same thing with writing yeah. like i'll write the outline of something i've got a bunch of different like stories where it's just the outline is written the bare bones of it and it comes time to flesh it out nah, i can't do it mm-hmm. like i'm like oh man you know it's like it takes it, it takes those real rare instances where like a project like absolutely just gets its talent in me and I just cannot let it go. Like got it, gotta do it. But I think with the with the perfection paralysis that takes place, we're we're losing out on a lot of practice. Yeah. Right. And like a lot of times we don't um do a project or, or finish a project all the way through because our taste doesn't match our ability mm, right mm-hmm. right and so and so i'll like i'm like okay all right yeah that's that's true too because like i mean when yeah. i do like actually force myself to sit down and paint you know and i finish this like little study painting you know and even by trying to name it like a study painting right i'm like giving myself permission for it to suck uh-huh. you know <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, this is, this is a study. It doesn't, this isn't, this doesn't count. Right. But even that it's like, you want that to be good too. Right. right? You know, and just, man. So, um, yeah, like, uh, but by, by, you know, not doing the practicing, right. By not getting in those reps, by not getting in those hours, right. Mm-hmm. Working on it, like it doesn't come around and everything like that. So now that I finally found names for these things, right. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, it, you know, my ability doesn't match my taste and the perfection paralysis that they, they go in, they go hand in hand to create uh, a complete stagnant Right. Like, like you're, you're, you have cement shoes on at that point to where like, you're just going to sink. There's like nothing. And then, and then a lot of times we don't, we don't do anything. We don't create, we're not going to make anything because of those two things weighing us down. And um, so I've literally got, uh, I've got two sketchbooks I finished last year that are horrible. (laughs) They're, (laughs) They're so bad. And and 
they're so bad that I actually embrace how bad they are. Mm-hmm. Like, I just like, I'm like, you know what? I, like, I even, I wrote on there, um, like, one is like, no frame of reference, right? Is what uh-huh. I tied. I even gave the book a title. It's like, no frame of reference. And what I did is there's a company that makes this dice and each dice has a prompt on it, right? And so I rolled that dice and then you pick like, you know, a couple of things and it's like, you know, it'd be like a cobweb, uh, um, you know, a dagger, uh, like a lady, right? Mm-hmm. And so you have to like combine, this is for tattooing. And then you combine all those things. Well, I was like, you know what? No frame of reference. I'm not going to look at any pictures whatsoever. I gave myself this like little timeline, mm-hmm. right? And then I just did it and and it works. So, Yeah. <laughs> So I'm like, yeah, I had I had to get that off my chest because I got to share it because it is so helpful. Um, it was like the most liberating thing I've done as an artist. Yeah. Um, in such a long time to beat that perfection paralysis and to beat that my ability doesn't match my taste kind of a thing, you know, and just go like, no, like, uh, I'm doing it. Like, this is it. I'm aware of those two things now that they have a name. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid of them. And like, and, and then just doing it and now, now getting those chops up and now like, you know, my paintings are getting they're They're not there yet. I don't think they ever will be, mm-hmm. you know, but we're, you know, I'm starting to make the, like that, that progress and create more, Yeah, you know, and the, and it's going the same thing with, you know, like we talked about the, you know, my idea for a podcast. Mm-hmm. What That was like almost a year right. ago. Right. Like, yeah. I didn't do anything with it over that time frame because I was afraid it would suck. Yeah. You know? And I didn't know that. And it's like, oh yeah, why? Because, well, I have a certain taste, right? I want it to be a certain way. Right. And it's like, I may not be that way in my very first one. And it's like, okay, well, that's okay. Yeah. And just got to get over it. I mean, this literally could be like a whole nother podcast episode because it's something that I I've had to personally contend with. And, and even, um, you know, I think social media makes it, it even that much harder because um, I've, you know, kind of given myself permission to even like post things that I'm like, well, you know, this obviously is not going to be my best work because I'm, I'm always going to be learning and growing. And so of course it's not my best work because it's never going to be my best work as long as I'm continuing to, to learn and grow as an artist or creative or whatever it is. Um and, and, and I, I recently heard on another podcast, someone was talking about um, how it, it was a musician that was talking and, you know, it, she was talking about her first album that she put out. It, you know, it took her 10 years to put out her first album. Um, and so there's part of her that's like, oh man, like it took me 10 years, like to put out a single album, you know, and, and she's, you know, a little bit like older than like some of the other musicians that you see that are, you know, already have um, numerous albums out. And she's like, but it that album needed that 10 years for, for me to put it out. That album would not have existed without those 10 years prior. And so I think about mm-hmm. even the imperfect things that we create, um, that what I've made now is going to be better than what I've made five years ago. But what I made now needed all of that stuff that came before it. If I didn't allow all that stuff that came before it, it wouldn't be what it is now. And so, like you said, giving yourself permission to have those, you know, the, the imperfection um, and knowing that it's just leading you into what you're going to be doing later, right. Or what you're going to create yeah. later. And 
um, you know, what you, what you put out now is just as valuable in its imperfection as what you put out 10 years from now, what in whatever modality, whatever form, whatever, um, you know, create form of creativity that you're doing has just as much Mm -hmm. value now in its imperfection as it's going to in 10 years when it's a little bit more refined, um, both personally, but I think even for somebody else, because, um, you know, we don't know, we don't know what speaks to somebody else. Like what we, we think of as imperfect is still meaningful to somebody else as well. So. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, yeah, like that, that ripple effect mm-hmm. that each, that each work that we do has yeah. like, you know, and, and I, I think with working in other mediums, I, it, it always comes back to, to like, to create other ideas, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. you know, like what you do with this podcast, right? This is a prime example. Like we're having this conversation now, um, you know, we've talked about painting, tattooing, you know, writing, mm-hmm. like we've touched on a lot of different things and you have this conversation with other artists, with, mm-hmm. you know, with other creatives and you get, you know, you get to take in and all your listeners that, that listen as well, right. They each get to take something from the conversation from the podcast and apply it to their personal filter yeah. and then to use in their, in their artwork and their creative endeavors and whatever, whichever modality it is or form it is yeah. i like that word modality yeah. that's cool word. <laughs> yeah I, I, I had to use it until I, I heard you just say it and i was like that's a rat <laughs> can i use it <laughs> you're welcome free, free, no, free of charge Thanks. <laughs> so one question i like to ask every guest is this question of how do you define creative living Ooh. okay uh professionally or personal personally Okay. So personally, I'd say creative living is, I think that's where you're, you're home, where you, you create, cause like humans, we, we create the world around us, mm-hmm. right? Like we're the, one of the only animals on this planet, right. That really alters our, our ecosystem and, and the space, right. That we live in. Yeah. So um, I think when we truly customize our life, that's creatively mm. right when you when you take be it your home your car your anything if you're if you're as long as you're customizing something to you right, right? and you're you're doing something you're making the world around you yours um in a non-harmful way to others yeah <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> um then that's that's creative living. Awesome. That sounds great. Well, that about wraps us up, but thank you so much, Justin, for being on. Thank you for everyone um, for listening. And um, as just a reminder to, you know, like and subscribe the, the podcast so that helps to get um, the podcast just into the ears of more listeners. But um, really appreciate you. And, and thanks again, Justin. It's been great getting to chat thank- a little bit more. Yeah. Uh- Thank you so much for having me. It was an honor and a pleasure. Um, and uh, can I do a little shout out for in, like handles, socials mm-hmm. and stuff yeah, like yeah. that? Yeah, please tell everyone so, yeah. like where they can find you if they want to book a tattoo appointment or um, yeah. even see some of your own art. Like what? where do people go? Um, yeah. So um, uh, on Instagram, it's the lost Viking. And there's like a period in between each word. So the period lost period Viking um, or my website um, is the, the lost Viking dot US. 
Um, those are the two best ways to get a hold of me. Um, and uh, yeah, because on on Instagram, I've got a link there to where you can either DM or email me directly and um, and book appointments um, for the month of January. I've got uh, the Philadelphia Tattoo Convention that I'll be doing, um, and then in March or uh, February is the Fresno Tattoo Convention, um, and then yeah, the rest of the year is still pretty much open. But I'll be I'm back traveling again uh, this year, uh, doing uh, tattoo conventions probably like you know one every couple of months, mm-hmm. if not one a month. All so right. yeah, so it's gonna we'll make sure to right. put all that okay. in the the show notes as well. Um, awesome thank you so much yeah no problem all right thanks everyone for listening taylor